We're live. What is up, guys? It's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst at Yards for Fantasy.com. Welcome into the 130th episode of the Feed Me Fantasy podcast. Let's eat. So as usual, today we're talking ads, drops, buys, and sells for week eight. And we don't typically typically talk about the obvious waiver wire ads like Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, Gus Edwards, and so on. Most waivers have already run at this point, and every analyst in the world is already talking about those guys. But before we get too far into things, let me remind you to get on Underdog Fantasy and start drafting weekly teams. It's basically DFS and snake draft forms, or you can play their Pick'ems contest, where you can take the overs or unders on player props for their favorite players. When you sign up for Underdog, use promo code YARDSPER to get a $100 deposit match. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. You can also use that same code YARDSPER to get a 125% deposit bonus on BetUS if you're into sports betting. I highly encourage it. Just sign up, use promo code YARDSPER, get your free money, and start betting. Easy as that. Let's get to it. Let's get to the show. We'll start with a sell. And kind of like last week, it's a little, maybe a little bit controversial. And that is, I want you to sell Debo Samuel. That's right. And I know Debo is great. We all know that. But other than Jeff Wilson, Samuel may be the member of the Niners offense most negatively impacted by the team's acquisition of Christian McCaffrey. Once he's fully acclimated to the offense, which based on week seven, it's not going to take long. McCaffrey's going to be the center of everything they do in San Francisco. Not only will they lean heavily on McCaffrey in the run game, but we all know how talented he is as a pass catcher. McCaffrey is going to take some of those underneath catch and run opportunities that Debo has been getting. And we know a lot of Samuel's points come from lining up in the backfield and taking rush attempts to the end zone. I'm not sure we will need that they will need to do that anymore. They're not going to need to do that anymore, considering the versatile weapon in McCaffrey that they just acquired. Of course, they will find other ways to get Debo the ball. But there's no doubt some of his fantasy points are going to be funneled to Christian McCaffrey and ultimately capping his ceiling. And not to mention, Brandon Ayuk has been ascending. He's had 22 targets over the last two weeks. And George Kittle is back to being a significant factor in the passing game too. He's had a 20% target share in three straight games. So if I have Debo Samuel in any of my leagues, I'm putting him on the trade block, and I'm fielding offers, seeing what happens. But on the flip side, somebody I am out trying to buy right now is Raheem Mostert. I never thought I'd say that, but I'm buying Raheem Mostert. Chase Edmonds came into the season as the Miami RB1, and we were drafting, and we thought, you know, passing game usage, you know, we thought it might happen for, for Chase Edmonds. You know, he's a great value in the ninth round, whatever. But it wasn't long before Raheem Mostert ate into that role and then completely took it over. Mostert has now averaged 16 carries per game over the last four weeks. 
and he's done well with those attempts. He's getting opportunities as a receiver as well. In fact, he's with just Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon as one of three running backs who have at least 20 routes in each of the last four weeks. That's according to Josh Larkin on, on Twitter. Go follow him. You probably already are. And Mostert found the end zone on a receiving touchdown in week seven. The Miami offense is one of the most electric units in the league when Tua Tonga-Vailoa is healthy. So go buy their bell cow back. Get Raheem Mostert. Put him in your lineup. I have him ranked as a top 10 running back for week eight. So another guy I'm going out there and I'm trying to buy is Rashad White. I talked about Rashad White. As a must-add off the waiver wire a few weeks back, we talked about him as a nice late-round value to draft during draft season. And when I talked about him a few weeks back, I even called him the most valuable handcuff in fantasy football. And I recommended you trade for him in leagues where he was already rostered. And then while I typically don't do repeats on this show during this game plan series that we have, I did feel it's important enough to bring back Rashad. This is how badly I want to go get Rashad White and how much I'm recommending you go get him. I'm bringing him back in week eight. The Bucks offense is in trouble and changes could be coming. And Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay beat reporter, paraphrased Todd Bowles after Sunday's loss on Twitter saying they have to see if the older guys can still play and if the younger guys are good enough to play. That's what Todd Bowles said after the loss to Carolina. Now, we could interpret that as saying some veterans are in danger of being benched, and considering Leonard Fournette has averaged fewer than three yards per carry in five of seven games, the running back position could be one of those where the team wants to see if younger guys are good enough. And it may already be happening. In week eight, Leonard Fournette, he played a season-low 60% of the snaps, while Rashad White played a season-high 43%. And White also ran 20 routes to Fournette's 24, and we know how good White is in the passing game. Now, I don't expect a full changing of the guard anytime soon, but I would not be shocked to see White become at least the lead guy in this backfield. And even if I'm wrong, even if I'm wrong, Rashad White still has huge appeal as the handcuff to Fournette in an offense that we have to believe is going to find its way eventually, right? Right? They're going to get it going. It's Tom Brady, it's Mike Evans, it's Chris Godwin. They're going to get their shit together, right? Come on. And that would totally unlock Rashad White if he eventually finds himself in the RB1 chair. So another guy that I'm adding off the waiver wire where he's still available, he shouldn't still be available, but you know, if he is, but if I have him on my roster, I know a lot of people picked him up Sunday morning with these tweets from Ian Rappaport. And that's Isaiah Pacheco. I'm not dropping him. Do not drop him. Add him if he's available, maybe even buy low. And I know we talked about Isaiah Pacheco Day. It was kind of a bit on the Sunday morning show. 
I made a video on it real quick Sunday morning, and I talked about it on Twitter. I declared week seven Isaiah Pacheco day, and it was kind of a dud. It was. It was kind of a dud. But it was still encouraging that he was announced as the starter, for one, after taking first-team reps during the week. That's encouraging. So things are at least trending in Isaiah Pacheco's way. And he did, in fact, he did out-snap and out-touch Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the first time this season. And it wasn't the full takeover that we were hoping for, but it's a great step. It's a great step, and it's a situation we have to keep monitoring. If Pacheco continues to take advantage of his opportunities, more are going to come his way. And as we've seen with CEH, touches in this Kansas City backfield, they will eventually lead to touchdowns. Those could start going to Pacheco as opposed to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So let's go to the waiver wire. We talked a lot of trades and so forth to start this show. Let's go to the waiver wire. And I said at the beginning of the show, we're not going to talk about the obvious guys, the Deontay Foremans, the Chuba Hubbers, the Gus Edwards. Waiver wires are done. You've already picked those guys up and they were probably already rostered anyway. But one guy that's still available in most leagues, I don't know the exact number like on Yahoo and stuff, but He's still available in a lot of leagues. That's Craig Reynolds. DeAndre Swift was not able to return from injury coming out of the bye, which was a little bit of a surprise. He could be back in week eight. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Practice reports, we're still waiting on that. And that, of course, would make the recommendation of going to get Craig Reynolds irrelevant. Forget it. But in the case that DeAndre Swift sits again, Craig Reynolds is is worth an ad as a possible streamer for bye weeks. Some people lost Brees Hall. And if Swift remains out for multiple weeks, you got six teams on a bye next week, six teams on a bye next week. No, we got Austin Eckler on a bye this week. Edward Zelayer, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, they're all on a bye. You may, you may need, you may need. I don't know. Maybe you need a running back. Consider Craig Reynolds because Jamal Williams, he fumbled in week seven and Dan Campbell said after the game, quote, if you can't hold on to the football, you can't play for us. So that could indicate that Reynolds sees more work in place of Williams in week eight. And against the Cowboys, Reynolds led lines running backs with 11 routes, which was a 34% route participation rate. And before the bye, Reynolds had a 68-yard receiving game against New England. And we know he can get fantasy points when given the opportunity, considering he scored a top 24 running back in weeks 14 and 15 in 2021 when both Swift and Williams were out. So we know he has it in him. This is not a long-term play, like I said, but with all the bye weeks, he's a viable streaming option in deep leagues where you need a one-week or a two-week running back for as long as DeAndre Swift remains sidelined. So I was going to talk about Rashad Bateman as a buy. Maybe we could still talk about him. Um, but then he's on the injury report with that foot again. 
I don't know if that's just maybe they're just being cautious with him. You know, we played his first game back, kind of just want to ease him back into the practice routine, whatever this week. Or if there was a re-aggravation or a continuation of the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know what the situation is. We'll have to see more on the future practice reports and whatever happens with tomorrow night's game. So let's, let's talk about him anyway. If he's healthy, if he's good to go, if that was just a precautionary thing, I'm still trying to buy Rashad Bateman. He returned from a multi-week absence to catch, you know, four catches for 42 yards. I think he was targeted five times. Not exactly awe-inspiring, I know. However, however, Lamar Jackson only attempted 16 passes, which is nearly half of his season average. He usually throws around 30 pass attempts a game, only 16 in week seven. So the good news, you know, of those 16 attempts, 31% went to Rashad Bateman. So that that's the good news. And on top of that, when we examine my guy Matt Flowers' strength of schedule charts, the Ravens have the best schedule for wide receivers in the fantasy playoffs with games against the Browns, Falcons, and Steelers. So Bateman managers are undoubtedly frustrated at this point. I understand that. They should be. But we saw what he can do with a couple big play scores early in the season. So if he ends up being okay, if the foot's okay, if it checks out, he plays in week eight tomorrow night, then he's worth worth making an offer for, especially because it probably won't cost more than a couple bench players to get him. So I'm trying to go get Rashad Bateman if he's cleared to play for week eight. So let's go back to the waiver wire. And speaking of week eight, there's another guy playing on Thursday night football for the Bucks. That if you need a streamer at the tight end position, Travis Kelsey, he's on, he's on a bye this week. Gerald Everett, he's been startable. If you've been starting Gerald Everett, he's on a bye this week. There's a bunch of buys next week. Six teams on a bye, like I mentioned. Kate Alton, go get Kate Alton off the waiver wire. He ran 72.5% of the routes in Cameron Brate's absence in week seven. And he was targeted five times, catching four for 64 yards. And when Brait sat out with a concussion a couple weeks back, Alton caught six of his seven targets for 43 yards. Now, we don't know how long Cameron Brait's going to be out, but with a neck injury, he's already had a concussion. I'd imagine it's going to be several weeks at least. So Alton has shown he can be productive when given the opportunity. And it's not like Cameron Brait is freaking Rob Gronkowski out here. Kate Alton, the rookie, he could keep that job even when Cameron Brait returns. So he is a nice priority add off the waiver wire if you're streaming the tight end position this year. Let's go back to the trades, though. Let's go back to the trades. Get another guy we want to buy. That's Tyler Lockett. I am buying Tyler Lockett because it sounds like DK Metcalf, he's going to miss several weeks with that knee injury. Obviously, that leaves Lockett as the top option in what is a surprisingly good, actually a really good Seattle offense. And Geno Smith has been playing fantastic and he's shown no hesitation to push the ball down the field to his playmaking weapons. Lockett, he's already had multiple 100-yard games 
even as the wide receiver two alongside DK Metcalf. And he's also had two other games where he went over 75 yards. He's getting plenty of looks with a target share over 24% in five of the seven games, including 30% in week seven. And we know Lockett, he can explode for a weak winning performance at any time. He's done that his whole career. He'll just kind of be quiet, sitting in the wings, just waiting to go, and then boom, he explodes, and he wins you a week. Go buy him now. Enjoy the ride. All right, let's go back. we got one more guy to talk about. I was going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott as a sell as part of this show today, but it sounds like he's probably going to sit out week eight. He's got that knee injury which really sucks because he was, if you have Ezekiel Elliott, this was your out. This was your time. I talked about, I talked about on the Sunday morning pregame start sit show. I declared week seven, one, I declared Isaiah Pacheco day, but I declared it week because he was going against the Cowboys. Dak was first game back coming off the thumb. We knew they were going to lean on the running backs. Against the Lions. And it worked out. We scored two touchdowns. So that was that was our selling point. He scored two touchdowns. Zeke is back. Bunch of fantasy points. This is our chance. This is our chance to get out from Zeke and sell him. And then he's got the fucking knee injury that's going to keep him out this week. And nobody's going to buy him. Damn it. Damn it. So we were going to talk about him. Basically just did anyway. Um... But if anybody in your league is willing to buy Zeke after that two-touchdown performance, I'd sell him. But anyway, one more guy I want to add off the waiver wire. If you're streaming the tight end position, we talked about Travis Kelsey on a buy this week. Gerald Everett on a buy this week. Six more teams on a buy next week. That's Harrison Bryant. Pick him up. Put him in your lineup. Stream him. Probably a tight end two for the next several weeks. It sounds like David Njoku is going to miss at least a few weeks, probably more, with the, with that ankle injury. And that leaves Harrison Bryant as the top tight end in Cleveland. There's opportunities for targets here. And Bryant has flashed in the past. He's worth an ad if you're streaming the position. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,